Welcome to the You Love and You Learn podcast, the place to learn about all things love, relationships, relationship anxiety, and to deconstruct the one-size-fits-all narrative of what it means to be in a happy relationship. I'm your host, Sarah Yudkin, a relationship anxiety coach who's on a mission to discuss the nuances of love and relationships that I wish someone would have shared with me years ago. My goal with each episode is for you to leave with an expanded definition of love and relationships and with practices to carry with you in your life and relationships on a day-to-day basis. I'm so grateful to have you here. Hello, everybody. I am back for part two of this two-part engagement series, if you will. Um, In case you missed it, be sure to listen to last week's episode where I shared a little bit more about leading up to getting engaged. Me and Nate's story, how we started talking about it, was I scared to talk about it, the feelings I had about wanting to get married while having relationship anxiety, all of that. So be sure if you have not already, I highly recommend listening to that episode first so that you have background context of what I'm about to share, which is more about the actual engagement story how I felt during, how I felt after, and some of the reflections that have been coming up after getting engaged. So one of the questions that I got a few times actually from members of my You Love and You Learn community on Instagram, which is over at You Love and You Learn, be sure to follow me over there if you're not connected with me. But when I reached out asking for questions about the proposal and getting engaged, many people asked, was it a surprise or did I suspect he would propose? So if you listened to last week's episode, you know that Nate and I had talked about uh, getting engaged. We had gone ring shopping together about six months ago. So it wasn't a surprise that I would get engaged as a whole. I am not necessarily the type of person that would just want to be completely surprised in the sense of like I had no idea that we were even getting engaged at all. I think for me, it feels really important to talk about that type of thing in your relationship. I don't know if people still get engaged without knowing at all that they were going to get engaged. I don't know if that's just something we did. Like my parents did that, for example, and they were like, we didn't necessarily talk about it, which to me, I'm like, whoa, that feels like an important topic to talk about. But again, just to each their own. So I did not necessarily get surprised by the engagement as a whole, but I was surprised on the day of. I did not know that Nate was going to be proposing to me during that moment. We went home for a two-week trip to visit family and friends. And for some reason, that was not on my radar. I thought that he was going to propose to me later in the year, closer to the holidays. I don't know why. I just like had that timing in my head. And so I was pretty oblivious. And <laughs> It's kind of funny. I was like looking back on some of these things that happened that I now connect the dots. But Uh, Nate and I were hanging out with his niece one day like while we were home and my phone was in the other room and I really wanted to take cute pictures of her and I was like Nate can I use your phone I want to take pictures of Aubrey and he was like no you can't use my phone or like when I did want to be like hey wait can I please use it he like opened up the camera for me and was just like here and then as soon as I was done he like took it back right away and I was like oh my gosh, like, why is, he, why is he being weird like that? I was, like, joking with him, like, are you hiding your other girlfriend from me? Even though we, like, never, neither of us ever care about using each other's phones for something. And 
I've never with him, like I've never gone back and looked at text or anything. Like I'm not, that's not how I roll. And I've done that in past relationships and learned my lesson. But um, yeah, it was bizarre. Like he was very protective over his phone at one point. A couple of friends asked me to get our nails done. And I feel like that's one of those cues. Like if you're getting your nails done with your friends, like you start questioning things. But I just like had not thought of it like that. It's just funny because again, like in hindsight, I'm like, duh, of course. Um, I went over to my best friend's house who actually helped us do a post-engagement celebration at her home. And it was so beautiful. But she had these like decorative bouquets that she had created and I was like why do you have bouquets in your house like these are so nice and she was like oh you know I just love practice making flower bouquets and I mean she she does love that so I was like okay it makes sense (laughs) but it's just funny like all of these little things there were many more of them but I just did not expect to actually get engaged that day but a little bit more about the day. So Nate and I had lunch with my mom. We coincidentally got my favorite meal at my favorite restaurant before getting engaged. And that was not planned because my mom didn't know that Nate was proposing on that exact day either and neither did I. And so it just happened to work out that that day was the best day to get lunch together. And I had my favorite meal, which is a salmon salad and like these amazing um, appetizer rolls. Um, it, it was just so good. I was oblivious. Nate was busy coordinating with people behind the scenes. So he was texting a little bit at lunch and he was texting in the car on the way to the winery that we were going to. But I honestly was just like, oh, like maybe he's doing a little bit of work or something like that. I just was, again, oblivious city. And basically what happened was we went to a winery, which um, is someplace that we had been before, but not necessarily like super sentimental to us, but it was a fun winery. And we get there, we go to get drinks. Um, It's taking forever to get a drink. It's kind of funny looking back like Nate was probably so nervous, so, so nervous in the moment. Um, But he was like playing it off as no big deal. But we kept laughing about how slow the service was. Like people just seem to be kind of in their own worlds (laughs) as the servers. And then once we got, I ended up getting a pitcher of sangria um, and Nate got a beer and he was like hoping I would just have a bottle or a glass of wine to hold on to so he could like walk me over to the proposal area. But then we had to go sit down at a table so I could put down my pitcher. And all the while, his best friend was in disguise, two picnic tables away, wearing this like big fishing hat and like a mask and facing away from us. So I didn't see him at all. I would have not recognized him because he was like in a disguise. And so Nate wanted to go to this specific picnic table. And it was the farthest picnic table, I kid you not, away from the like the bar and from the winery itself. I was like, why are we walking so far away? Like this table is too far. I was just, it's like, I laughed because I was being kind of whiny in the moment. I was like, this is too far. And then he picked a very specific table and I, I was about to sit down like and pour myself a glass. And this is when some of the dots started connecting because Nate was like, let's go take a picture. And I was like, why? Like, there's no one here to take a picture of us. Like, let's, he was like, no, like, let's go take a picture before we start drinking. And like, kind of from behind kind of like grabbed my arm a little bit, not forcefully, but he was just like, let's go over here and take a picture. And I was like, why is he insisting on a picture right now? And Nate's not the picture guy in our relationship at all. It's usually me. And then as I was getting up, 
I saw him like grab his pocket and I was like, oh my gosh, is this happening right now? Like I remember specifically saying that and he just like kept leading me over to this area that his friend had been saying like go over here to take pictures and that's when I feel like I literally blacked out. I don't know if you've heard stories like this where people like get blurry, like you just everything feels like it's slowing down and because this is a moment that's so it's like people always talk about it as being this huge deal it's like you put pressure on yourself about it it's it is a big deal of course in many ways but it's also just another moment but i felt like there was this tunnel vision i was just focused on nate but also like i also was conscious that there were other people kind of around us at the winery as well and it's just funny like how your brain can be in multiple places at once and then he started sharing like he, you know, he said, I, I love you so much and I, I really want to spend our life together and a few other sentiments. And then he opened the ring box and the ring was gorgeous. I was so happy and I was just like, oh my gosh, I was very smiley. And he, I think just because he was talking and so nervous, he said later, he was like, I was going to get on my knee, but he hadn't gotten on his knee yet. So I was like, are you going to get on your knee? it's just funny it's funny because if you know our personalities it's like it just that makes sense that (laughs) I even said that but then he got on his knee and I smiled and was just like oh my gosh and it's it was a special moment and I feel like it went by really quick like the actual proposal part and then we hugged and people kind of behind us that had seen it were clapping and um, someone was taking a video and they ended up coming up to us and sending it to us later which was really sweet Um, but then I was just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened. Like it still felt like not real in the moment. And Nate brought us over to the picnic table and he said, look who it is. Look who the photographer is. And I still did not know at all who it was. And then he slowly started taking off the mask, the hat. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. And it was just funny. I I felt like I felt very happy. And then I also was kind of like thinking to myself of like how quick the moment went, uh, which is interesting. Like, again, you just you envision something going a certain way. And and then once it happens, you can realize like that was amazing and wonderful. And that was slightly different than maybe I thought it would be. Um, I don't know why. It's just funny because I, I think when I imagine getting proposed to, it's like, I imagine me walking ahead and then Nate turning or like and then I turn around and I see Nate on his knees already. It's like just little things like that that don't actually make a proposal better um, or worse. It's just different. And so I remember thinking like, oh, that was like so special and not even exactly what I thought. And it's okay and it's great and it's wonderful. And me and Nate were just like in our little bubble of excitement. And then the funniest thing happened. Um, There was a party bus that pulled up and Nate goes, because we met on a party bus um, seven years ago, I wanted to get a party bus to help celebrate today, which is true. We met on a party bus going to a concert um, when we first met. And then I start walking over and a random group of people start filing out this party bus. And so it wasn't even the party bus that Nate had gotten for us. And he was like, oh, God, he was like, whoops. Um, So he kind of spoiled that surprise a little bit. But maybe 15 minutes later, a party bus of some of our best friends get off and people who had like told like some of my best girlfriends were like, 
oh, I'll be out of town this weekend. I'm going to this. I'm going to that. And then they came off and I was like, you little sneaksters. And it was so wonderful. Um, some people that we love dearly, some of our best friends couldn't be there in person and they were so there in spirit. Um, and it was just from then on, it was like such a beautiful day. Um, I felt so happy that other people came to make the day special for us. Nate knew that I really wanted to have kind of like a more private moment, but then celebrate with other people after. And he really made that happen. And after that, it was just fun. I was sharing the story with everyone. I FaceTimed some people. I told our parents, um, told some people that couldn't be there. And then we did some more winery hopping on the party bus and back to my best friend's house with a huge like balloon arch. She had a tent. She had congratulations balloons. She had cute puns like these little popcorn um, holders that said he popped the question. She said yes. It was just like all these little micro moments of detail and thought. And I think that's what felt so amazing throughout the whole day is like not only just celebrating me and Nate's love, but all the detail that I thought or I saw that he planned, but also that my friends and people that were there went through to actually make the moment so special. And I think that is so important to me. It felt so beautiful and so special. And I just loved the fact that everyone was there celebrating with us. And I think there were just many moments of love being reflected back to me. Like there are some amazing people that were just telling us like, I'm so proud of you guys. And I'm so proud of you, Sarah, for all the work you've done to be less anxious and I don't know. It was really special to get mirrored back the support for me and Nate's relationship because I don't need necessarily other people to validate my relationship for it to be meaningful, but it doesn't hurt to get to hear people that you really value their opinion and people that you love and respect sharing these amazing sentiments with you. So that was kind of the story in and of itself. Um, It makes me happy to hear almost myself telling the story and I've shared it now with many people and it's fun to kind of tell the story and fun to talk about kind of like the little um, oopsies or like things that happened along the way and it was really sweet to see how nervous Nate was. Um, My best friend who had also gotten engaged before and is now married but she joked that her fiance like lost all motor skills when he proposed and it's like it must be so much pressure for someone that's proposing to actually go through with that. So I really, you know, I understand I probably would be in the exact same boat. And someone actually had asked me from the 11 Learn community, did I ever think about proposing to Nate? And I hadn't. And that may be honestly just to some past biases of how I've seen proposals happen. And I think it's honestly from outdated gender stereotypes that no longer need to happen at all. But the way that Nate and I had talked about it had always been in a little bit more of that traditional sense, even though Nate and I are not necessarily that traditional of people. Um, But that's just kind of our honest truth. It doesn't need to be yours. Um, You do you whatever feels appropriate in the moment. So that's kind of the story. I wanted to share more about like the thoughts happening in the moment and then my thoughts after. So in the moment, like I kind of said, the proposal itself felt like a blur. And I think that honestly, like Nate and I were both so nervous and it's just like, 
there's nothing else I can explain other than the fact that this moment has just been built up so much that it makes you feel nervous. Like I could sense Nate's nervous energy and this isn't nervousness like I'm nervous to say yes. It's like a nervousness of like, oh my gosh, is this really happening right now? And like, what's he going to say? Oh my gosh. And like I saw people from like the side view of my peripheral vision and behind me, like I felt people's eyes on me. And like, again, it doesn't necessarily matter what's happening behind you or around you, but you just sense these things and you're like, oh my gosh, like what's going on? And so my thoughts in the moment were just like, wow, this is really happening right now. And then I was trying to be as present as possible and like hear what Nate was saying and just share like loving sentiments back to him and and to really, um, you know, say yes and appreciate the moment. And I, when I look back at pictures of me, I was so smiley and that's kind of like how I am. I think I'm more smiley. People ask like, did you cry or whatever? And I'm not a big crier for myself. Like I've gotten some really meaningful cards, really meaningful gifts before. Um, there's been really meaningful events happening to me. Um, and I'm not necessarily a big crier. I don't know why I don't need to necessarily, um, intellectualize or like try to understand why but I'm definitely the type of person where if I go to a really beautiful wedding or watch a really beautiful movie I may cry um and so I don't know if it's just my own stuff that there's a block for some reason whatever it is but I was beaming with happiness and was just so appreciative of the moment but did not shed tears um I think I it like there was again a split part of me that was like whoa is this really happening but also I had a confident yes I was not like in the moment doubting anything there wasn't relationship anxiety thoughts popping up it was more of just making sure that this is actually what was happening because I was so caught off guard and that it wasn't something I had been expecting that day And like I also just kind of shared, once my friends and once our friends and Nate's friends arrived, it was really just so celebratory and feeling so much gratitude, like, wow, we have such amazing people in our life. There were people that came from out of town um, and I just felt so appreciated and loved and special. And to me, that is so meaningful. Of course, the exact moment of the proposal with Nate was so meaningful to me too, but I think the larger day of the celebrations and knowing how much thought and effort went into it was really what felt so special to me. I got a question from, well, I guess a couple questions from my community of like initial feelings when he popped the question or was I disappointed with any of my own feelings in the moment? So it's funny. I I feel even silly saying this, but after the proposal happened, there was this like initial thought that popped up, which was like, oh man, like I wish some other people were here. And I felt a little guilty about that. But then other people did show up and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so impatient. Like, and even if other people hadn't shown up, like it still would have been such a beautiful day and whatever would have happened would have been great, I'm sure. And so I think it's just funny how like our brain can kind of always look at that little element of like, oh, well, this thing could have made it even more perfect, um, even in such a wonderful moment. And so I just want to normalize that if anyone else has ever had thoughts like that or worries they might. Um, But there was, you know, 
I don't think I was disappointed with any of my own feelings other than just like being impatient that other people weren't there yet to celebrate with us. Um, I felt really proud of the moment itself. I felt really proud of all the work that I had done to get there. Um, And I didn't necessarily spend a lot of time recently worrying about the proposal. But when I was in the thick of my relationship anxiety, like back, back in the day, like years and years ago, I used to always worry like, well, what if I am anxious when I get proposed to? What if I'm anxious when I walk down the aisle? Like that used to be a big fear of mine. And so if you've had that fear, please know you're not alone. So many of my clients have had that fear. It's something that I used to think about a lot. And through navigating relationship anxiety more confidently, through understanding why it was happening, through making peace with it, I was able to slowly but surely not focus on those fears as much and become more excited and more confident about the upcoming proposal. But I have to be honest, I wasn't really thinking about it that much. I wasn't like, oh my God, when is he going to do it? Or like, I'm daydreaming about it or I'm anxious about it. It was just like, I know it's going to happen, but I kind of put it in my back pocket and tried not to have it be top of mind. Okay, another community question that I already answered, but I'll just reiterate it was, did relationship anxiety creep in before the moment if I was expecting it? No, it didn't creep in before or after, and I also wasn't expecting it to happen. So just to reiterate that, um, that that wasn't present. But I think that, like I've said, engagement has moments of being what you expected it to be, but everyone also first has their own definition of what they think engagement will be like or what experience they're envisioning. So I can say this from my own perspective, but I don't know what you're envisioning it will be like. But I think that it can be both what you expect and also not. There were many dualities present in the day. So the moment itself went by in a blur, but it was also beautiful in its own way and it was also romantic. Um, There was some nervous energy from me and Nate because it was just like so much pressure, but it was also really special and meaningful. It was a very important moment, but it's also another moment in my life that has now passed and has come and gone, right? So I don't need to like constantly be looking back and harping on that. It's, It's a moment that was beautiful and magical, but now I've moved forward and I've had other moments since. I was present and I was totally distracted at the same time. Like I was present of what was going on and there was the thoughts of people watching or there was the thoughts of like, oh my gosh, like this is really happening right now. It's like there was a lot going on and I was focused on the moment. I felt so happy and loved and grateful for everyone who was there and there was a part of me that was really missing a handful of my best friends, my best girlfriends that couldn't be there that weekend. And what's interesting is that Nate and I actually talked about this on the day of getting engaged after I realized that some people couldn't make it. I was acknowledging to him, I was like, everything is amazing right now. And there's a part of my heart that like wishes my best girlfriends could be here too. Some of them, not there were some of my best girlfriends there and then some of them couldn't make it. And I think that this is a perfect example of how you can have a mixture of feelings at once about the same thing. You can be so, 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 so happy with everyone that's there supporting you and grateful and feeling so incredible with all the amazing people in your life. And there can feel like a small part of you is missing or they're in spirit, but you wish they were there in person too. So I think that 
I want to normalize that mixture of feelings that can come up about the same topic. So those were kind of some of the dualities I noticed on the day of. And then what I realized was that I felt like I was like me and Nate were kind of in this love bubble, if you will, for like the next 48 to 72 hours after. And someone actually had messaged me. um, A friend said, stay in your love bubble as long as possible. You look so happy when I shared some of the pictures. And that felt really lovely. I thought that was just like a really nice sentiment, the love bubble. Um, And I think that, you know, again, I've had many moments of being in a love bubble with Nate. And then I've had many moments where I was like so far out of the love bubble and I was so anxious and so disconnected. My heart was fully closed. So I feel like I understand that love bubbles are not permanent. Like a bubble has its time and then eventually it gets popped, not always by you, but just by external circumstances or whatever. And I think what not, I don't want to say like we're fully out of our love bubble, but we ended up about, let's say, like 48 hours later after our uh, engagement, we flew back to Sweden. And so whenever I fly to and from Sweden, I always have a few days of jet lag and like feeling disoriented and feeling like I'm getting back into my routine. And so there's definitely been some love bubble moments throughout the last week. And just it's been fun celebrating and looking down at the ring and being like, wow, I'm so proud of us and all of that. But there's also just been moments of mundaneness and normalcy now. Um, I'm recording this over a week later. So there's definitely been just like normal moments as well. And that's perfectly okay. Getting engaged was an extension of me and Nate's life. It's not like this whole new chapter that I have to be perfect in all the time. It is a new chapter, but the new chapter doesn't have to be so different. It doesn't have to be this whole big change just because you're engaged now. It's just an extension of your love. So that's how I'm viewing it at least. Um, I think over the last week, I've been really nostalgic. I've been doing a lot of reflections around the actual engagement and what it took to get here. And I think that after getting engaged, I realized, and I've said this before, but I just so clearly realized after doing this like nostalgia reflection that relationship anxiety really has been one of the biggest catalysts for growth in my relationship. It really, really has. And it's something that brought a lot of pain and confusion and, you know, relationship anxiety isn't necessarily fun. It's not necessarily something that I would want people to go through. And yet, I can so clearly see that it's been this catalyst for me and Nate to grow. And I shared this on Instagram last week about how proud I am of me and Nate. And one of the reasons I'm so proud is because I know everything it took to get to a place where we were able to get engaged. And even though the engagement itself was quick and it flew by, in the celebrations that we had after with friends, hearing them be so proud of us, hearing the love reflected back to us, it just made me feel so incredibly grateful of my story and what it took for me to get to that place. And not in a way of saying that my story is good or bad or right or wrong or better or worse than anybody else's, but just knowing that my unique journey got me to where I was that day, surrounded by people that I loved and feeling grateful for Nate 
grateful for our relationship and grateful for myself for being willing to explore this hard subject. And I think that I said this in the first episode, um, part one, that many people don't get the chance to work through their relationship anxiety before getting engaged. And that's simply for the fact that not everyone knows that they have relationship anxiety or ROCD before getting engaged. For some people, the ROCD or relationship anxiety can pop up after getting engaged. And I think that's so understandable. It's because it's such a big transition. It's a big pressure. And all of a sudden, the pressure might come crashing down on you. But I think that what it took for me to get to a place where I worked through my relationship anxiety, or at least like the biggest chunk of it before getting engaged, was being super uncomfortable during many anxious moments, having hard conversations, both like in my relationship, but also with myself of like what I was really expecting and what I was, you know, trying to get from a relationship. I went to therapy. I had coaches support me. I had support from friends and mentors. I have learned as much as I can about relationships, about anxiety through books, podcasts, courses. Like I've really, really explored a lot about this subject and I'm still learning so much. That's why I have this podcast to not only continue sharing what I've learned from my own research, but from other people who really have so much wisdom to share. And that's why the word or the phrase rather you love and you learn was originally formed. It's like you love and then you learn and then you keep loving and you keep learning and you keep learning and then loving and all of the things. And it really is this upward cycle of loving and learning when you allow it to be instead of feeling like you have to be perfect, you have to know everything, being open to learning through love. And the reason I was able to say yes to Nate with confidence was knowing that I stood by my choice and will keep making the choice to love him and be loved by him. And knowing that that wasn't by accident, it was intentional and conscious and it's a choice that I keep making daily and coming back to even during the hard moments. So even though I used to worry that relationship anxiety was something that I should be ashamed of and that it tainted my relationship and I wish I didn't have it, I wish I was just happy and other people like seem so happy and carefree, I wish that I could just be more like them and all of that, now I know that really this journey of relationship anxiety, starting from the worst depths where I said I wasn't sure I loved Nate anymore, now to getting engaged and moving forward. I know that this has been one of the biggest catalysts for my growth and I'm really proud of the experience. So if you're listening to this right now and you're feeling in the depths of relationship anxiety and you wish it would go away and you're just so resentful of the experience, I hope that this can at least shift your perspective slightly to helping you realize that really there is an opportunity for self-exploration here, for exploring your beliefs on love and relationships, for understanding how to show up in your life with intentionality and consciousness and really just take a look at like how you think and feel and believe about certain things and if that's helpful for you or if there's room for growth. So, To wrap up, I wanted to give some final reflections as well as answering some final community questions. Um, Actually, I think I've answered all of the questions. 
um, except for one was, did I do any prep specifically for potential relationship anxiety thoughts um, when getting engaged? And the answer was yes and no, because all of the work I did for the last three and a half, four years in some ways did prepare me for getting engaged. But it wasn't like I was doing specific journal prompts or specific affirmations or specific body-based practices to prep for the actual moment of getting engaged, if that makes sense. It was just kind of collectively all of the work that I've done over the last four years has led me to be more confident. Um, But it wasn't, yeah, like I already said, it wasn't specific to the actual moment itself with specific practices. But I do think like if you want specific support with that, then coaching can be a great fit for that or therapy specific to RSCD and relationship anxiety. Um, It can be really helpful to just feel like you have the tools and practices in your tool belt if you need that. All right, I'll end with some final reflections on getting engaged and my unique story that is of getting engaged, knowing that my thoughts are my own. And I'll start by saying that getting engaged was beautiful and wonderful. And I've already like a week and a week and a so later, I'm still I'm still looking back at that moment fondly and, you know, thinking about it and feeling so grateful. But there's already been so many micro moments with me and Nate or with me and others or just me living my life since then. And so this ties back to something I said. I think it was in the first part of the episode, which was if getting engaged is feeling like this big thing with so much pressure added on top of it, maybe it might help to zoom out from that and just make it feel a little bit less heavy, make it feel like it's just another moment in your life. Not to devalue it, but just to relieve a little bit of that pressure for you. Like I've shared, getting engaged was what I expected in some ways. And in some ways, I can clearly see now after already getting engaged how much we romanticize this one moment in time and how much we judge this one moment in time as a sign of everything. Like if this one moment is perfect and you feel perfectly, then your relationship is perfect and everything's going to be perfect. But if this moment isn't perfect, then that means your relationship is doomed and all of these things. I can see clearly why this messaging of like your engagement moment needs to be perfect can be so detrimental and cause so much pressure and anxiety. And I also want to acknowledge too, like Nate went through a lot of effort to make this a beautiful moment, not just the moment itself, but the actual day of celebrating. And I've talked to a lot of adults now since getting engaged. It's funny because you just talk to people and share your story like aunts and parents and friends and family. But, you know, a lot of people who are in my parents' generation or my friends' parents, they are like very um, happy for this moment that I had. But then they'll kind of acknowledge like, wow, our moment was just so simple. Like it was just kind of on a whim. And it was like, you know, at the movies or like about to be going to the movies or um, some casual thing. And I think that these proposals in theory sound more simple and they're just as special and meaningful, right? There's nothing wrong or right about my proposal. It's just what Nate and I wanted to do. 
But I think that the funny part is that I can really acknowledge how in the last maybe 10 to 15 years, proposals and weddings and all these things have gotten even more glitz and glam and feeling like there has to be all of these bells and whistles. And I think a lot of this extra stuff we're adding on top is subconsciously, I think we're doing some of this based on being influenced by what we've seen on social media or subconsciously we're thinking about sharing the proposal with other people and wanting it to be this beautiful story. Now, not everybody thinks like this and obviously it feels a little bit awkward or uncomfortable to admit that that's a thing that we're thinking about of like, oh, we're going to post about this afterwards. That's not, of course, the only reason uh, or the only thing that we're thinking about when we're talking about getting engaged. And when I think about getting engaged today, it's not for some public display at all. And yet, I do feel like there was this part of me that was like, well, I really want to have this celebration with my friends and family after and all of that. And I think that part of that is because I've seen that done before and it seemed fun and enjoyable. So just knowing again that like there's a lot of, I think, pressure around this moment and it can be very, very romanticized and romanticizing moments in our life is a beautiful thing and getting engaged is like a great opportunity to do that if you want, but also acknowledging that some of this does come from external pressure I think is really important. Another reflection of mine is that getting engaged and married in the future to Nate is really just a celebration of the love that we share and that we've put intentional energy into. It's not meaning anything other than that, for me at least, and maybe my thoughts on that will change, but it's just another way to celebrate our love and to take a next step in our love. I've said this a bajillion times now, but I will really drive the point home that there is no right or wrong way to get engaged or to be in a relationship or to get married or not get married. I think what matters more is the engage or excuse me, the expectations and the judgments that you place on yourself for these moments. And what is the story you're telling yourself about what these moments need to mean or what they should have meant or what they could mean? And is that making you feel good or is it making you feel anxious? And your story really is yours. There are many of you who have followed along with my story and might feel inspired or proud of me getting engaged, but I'd be willing to bet there are some people who have seen my story and they're like, why is this girl in a relationship where she's felt anxiety? Like, I think there's always going to be different perspectives. There's always going to be people that think something is exciting or who judge it as not so great. And it really just shows that there is no universal perspective and you get to write your own story. So that's what I'll leave you with. I hope that you enjoyed hearing a little bit more behind the scenes. It was fun to share more of this with you as a community. And I just cannot thank the You Love and You Learn community enough. You all had such an outpouring of love and support for me when I shared the news of getting engaged. It was really beautiful and special. I'm so grateful for each and every one of you who is listening to this. And if you enjoyed these two parts, please DM me with your takeaways, with anything that came up for you as you were listening. I'd love to hear your thoughts. And be sure if this episode has resonated with you to share it with somebody you know, or if you do not feel comfortable sharing it with others in your life, I'd really appreciate if you took a moment to rate and review the podcast 
It would mean so much to me. And you can only leave reviews through Apple Podcasts, unfortunately, but through Spotify, you can leave a rating and ratings and reviews just mean so much. They help me get the word out. I can't thank you enough for taking the extra moment in your day to do so. All right. Thank you. And I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Love and You Learn podcast. If you've been enjoying the podcast, it would mean the absolute world to me if you could rate and review the podcast because the more ratings and reviews there are, the more people that can hear this message. And it's really important to me to get this message out to the world and to create a space where people can learn about love and relationships in a way that is not judgmental, in a way that helps them expand their perspective from the cultural narratives that we've heard and seen in the movies and in Hollywood and the media. And the more ratings and reviews that are there, the more people that can hear this message. So thank you again so much. It really means the world to me that you are listening and see you in the next episode.